Thanks for joining with us today on our Potter's Hope podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and gives you strength to live out the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message. Special guest with me tonight, Brother Kent Christmas, and welcome to 633. Once again, we're so humbled to be able to come into your home. Uh, We truly do not take that for granted. Thank you for allowing us to do that. So gather the young and gen. Tonight's going to be a special night. Uh, Many of you know Brother Kent. He was with us early in January while we were going through the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, we're going to be releasing him here in just a little bit. He and I are going to be having a conversation. Many of you, once again, are familiar with those or this type of format that we've used before. And so I really wanted to have Brother Kent back up and to be able to do that again. I want to share this as we get started tonight. The one thing that is a common thread between us is that seemingly there's one voice right now crying in the wilderness and that the hills are being brought low, the valleys are being brought up, the crooked ways are being made straight. And many of you have been hearing that, the different podcasts that you've been listening to, but there is a collective, unified voice. And that is truly, we believe unity is the pinnacle of God's glory. And that's what he's doing. And the whole time that he's unifying, there's also a separation as he prepares his bride for his coming. And his coming, we may say, when is that going to be? We don't truly know, but his coming to you could be tonight if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. So we'll be praying for that too. Uh, Church Potter's Hope, let me give you just a a little bit here real quick, uh, something that you want to write down. This Sunday will mark the first Sunday of May. It will be May 3rd. And many of you know that we've been on this ride now for several weeks from Purim to Pentecost. And so as this Sunday is May 3rd, May 31st is Pentecost. It's Pentecost. So you all know that we have been in such a collective excitement about what God is doing. And you've been the same way with me that we're so excited about what God is doing. We feel like we're in revival. Uh, We truly do. And uh, uh, we're believing for it to continue for sure. So I want to share this and and let you to be uh, I want you to be prepared. Starting this Sunday, uh, many are familiar that uh, with prayer and fasting. So what we're going to be doing for the month of May, I'm going to ask you to pray between now and Sunday about the type of fast that the Lord would have you to do. Now, you know, in early January, those first 21 days, we put all those requests. Brother Kent, we put them up here, and we pray over those for 21 days straight. This is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to ask you all throughout the month of May to pray for this nation that the strongholds of liberal thought and control and that Jezebel spirit that we've been talking about will not only be broken, but it will be buried. And the one place that that I encouraged you to look for that was within yourself. If you still have a controlling attitude or anger and that spirit of anger, something grips you, this is going to be your time to get shed of that. So starting May 3rd, And all throughout the month, I'm going to encourage you some type of fast. Some of you will choose one meal a day. Some of you will choose the Daniel fast. And I want you to pray about that. Why? For such a time as this. Many people don't realize, but even Queen Esther, that she fasted and actually had her uncle fast during that time. If you all will fast, and we know what happened to Haman during that time also. So we know what prayer and fasting does. Uh, We have seen that. But this time, we're praying for this nation as many of you have already been doing that. 
So tonight, if you could, uh, let's do this. Let's open in prayer. Brother Kent, let's open. Heavenly Father, as we come to you in the precious name of Jesus, we are so humbled to be in your presence. God, tonight we can declare that we are not worthy of all that you have given and all that you have done, and yet here we are. That God, tonight we are declaring victory over the enemy. That God, we can declare that we're coming out fighting, hallelujah. And Lord, that it's already been won. God, tonight I, I pray that you would anoint the ear of every believer. And God, so tonight, he that hath an ear, let him hear what you're saying to the church. Holy Spirit, we ask that you lead us and guide us 100%, completely, completely lead us and guide us in everything that we say and do. And God, I believe tonight that lives are going to be changed, that people will be healed, that people will be born again, God, that miracles are being released. God, they're already formed and waiting God, to be released for those that will ask for it. The God, because we can declare tonight that we have not because we ask not. Well, God, your children are going to ask tonight as you release, God, your power. We're going to trust you for it and believe it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So once again, thank you for coming. Brother Kent Christmas, if you would, tell us a little bit about yourself. You all already know, many of you do, but we probably have many people tonight that don't, maybe Maybe they don't know you and that the Kent Christmas that I know at Resting Place Ministry in Nashville has been a good friend of mine for years. But share a little bit about us before we get into this work. All right. First of all, I want to say um, hello, Potter's Hope. And uh, I was with you in January. I had a great time. I love this church. I love your pastor. And so it's a real joy to be with you. And though I can't see your face, I know you can see my face. So I want to tell you I love you. Um, I pastor in Nashville, Tennessee. I've lived in Nashville for almost 35 years. I married a beautiful girl named, at that time, Candy Hemphill. Um, it's Candy Christmas now. God has a sense of humor. And uh, we pastor a church called Resting Place, uh, but we're changing the name. Come Soon on, to man. be Come uh, on. Regeneration Nashville, something I feel like God put in our, in our spirit. So when we start back up, uh, our church will be coming back as Regeneration Nashville and not as Resting Place. Uh, we also, my wife heads up a uh, street ministry. Uh, we minister to hundreds of people on the streets that are homeless. Uh, right now, uh, we're feeding in the projects. We're, I think, in the last five weeks, maybe have given 60,000 meals out to just children that don't have food to eat. Uh, they're hitting projects every day. Uh, we're still having church on the streets among the tent cities. And so, uh, joy to be with you, Pastor Wayne. Well, God bless you, Brother Kent. Uh, Brother Kent and I become acquainted several years back, as many of you know. Um, I want to think it was 2006, 2008. It's several years back. And just to go back a little bit, in December of last year, in 2019, uh, I feel like the Lord reconnected us. He did. And when he did, there was something, I believe, there that just truly formed a bond or reignited the bond that we'd had. And even though that lay dormant, that seed was, uh, we know that was still going to have a harvest. Now, what you didn't know, and I want to get back into this in a minute here, of what you brought on. It was either January 6th or January 8th when you came. 
It was on a Wednesday night here. We had just started the fast. Uh, we went to it a week. So, uh, but the thing that, that I know that maybe you weren't aware of is that we had been speaking to the fact that God is a jealous God. And it was one of the greatest Novembers and Decembers that we'd ever seen as a church because usually, you know this, is that many times the church will lose focus because of all the commercialism and, and different things and what we call holidays. And, but in saying that, that we were declaring that God is a jealous God. And we had declared the fact that on, God was going to show his glory on the backside, the way that he had revealed to Moses in Exodus 32 and 33. And church, you will remember, I know you will remember that if you were here, you remember the word that God released through Brother Kent and how powerful that it was. And the fact before any of the COVID-19, any of this coronavirus hit, Brother Kent, the words that the Lord had laid upon you, could you tell me, and, and we're going to get into the prophetic realm here in just a minute uh, for sure and, and get into the word, but could you tell me just that as you've seen that unfold, you have no you had no idea at the time uh, about a virus that was coming necessarily. You just spoke to some other things, so if you could just go to that. No, and um, unfortunately I'm known now as a man who shut down sports in America. Um, <laughs> I don't well, take responsibility for that, but... <laughs> Um, I just, I'm just relaying what I heard God say. Um, and the Lord has dealt with what's happening to this nation uh, even years back. I know David Wilkerson uh, gave a word of the Lord. Uh, Powerful man. I don't remember giving it, uh, but somebody sent me a tape in 2008. God specifically used that terminology and said, I'm sending a virus to the United States of America. That millions will die. And it's 12 years ago. be yep. no answer in hospitals or in government, and only the church will have the answer. So God foresees all these things. He's not surprised. And um, I've really sought the Lord about this. First of all, I think of the scripture so many times when God does something that affects the world or it's brand new. Or he's recovering something that's very important. The Lord, it will say, and suddenly, I'm coming suddenly to my Come temple. On, or in the day of that's Pentecost, right. suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Everybody says the same thing. Nobody saw this coming. There were no pronosticators. There were any uh, political seers uh, that saw this coming. It suddenly. So uh, in prayer, I've sought the Lord about this. Um, Number one, I want to say that the church is going to come out of this victorious. Hallelujah. Y'all just go ahead and give him some praise uh, at home. We got a few not, people here in the house. Y'all go ahead and give him some praise. Can we trust God for that? We believe in it. But I, I believe that anytime something happens that affects, uh, we're, we're not talking about affecting a community or affecting a city. We're talking about something that is affecting the world. I think uh, pretty much every continent and every country has is, is been dealing with this. So anytime something affects the earth, it's something that God either allows or he starts. Uh, I don't think God started this virus, but I do believe that God is using it 
many, many times the enemy will do something. And the Bible says that what the enemy intends for evil. Come on now. God will use it for good. And so, first of all, I believe that what's happening is 100% right now about the church. I don't think it's about the economy. Uh, I don't think it's about the political election that's coming up in November between uh, our president and whoever runs against him. This is specifically about the church. And uh, I'm thinking about what you just said a minute ago. Um, you know, the church is shut down right now. We, we literally, it's almost like in a sense the church has died because nobody's having church. We're doing a live stream and all of those things. I, I think I, for years ago, I, I used to be a millwright. And when we worked uh, in the factory as a millwright, when they would get ready to put out a new product, they would shut the factory down, send everybody home. That's right. And they would retool their machines. And there was a skeleton crew of us guys called millwrights that would go in and we would revamp what was getting ready to come out. Mm -hmm. God is getting ready to put something out of the church that hasn't been coming out. Come on, bro. And um, how ironic, it looks like maybe at least in Nashville we're a month out from being able to collectively have church, if that's true. And I think this would be amazing the first time that we are coming back together as a church and God rebooting the church would be Pentecost. Suddenly, there comes a sound from heaven on the Pentecost in America. Brother, that's my heart. Come that on. God is getting ready to do something. And so this, this, what we're dealing with right now is dealing with the church. I think that there are, are two issues that God is dealing with in the house of the Lord. Number one, the church has been full of Christians, but not full of believers. We have lots of people who call themselves Christians, but the average Christian in America, and I, I thought it was kind of funny, everybody's talking about, well, I'm upset I can't go to church. The average American today goes to church once every six weeks. So we've only and been still has a home church. Yeah. So we only have we've been shut down what six weeks. So this should be pretty normal for most Christians because <laughs> they're only they still get to come once every six weeks. So God is is dealing with with lukewarm people, and uh, He's resetting, and God is putting hunger back in people. He's making them appreciate the privilege. Couldn't agree more. Of being able to come Amen. to the house of the Lord. And so as we see the Lord shut down sports and, you know, we don't have the masters now and they shut down Wimbledon and the malls are shut down and, and all of these things, God is removing for a season from America the things that have replaced him in their lives when they ought to be in the house of God. Amen. And so there's, um, in the scripture, I was reading an old, old writer, and he said, I was frustrated because I preached a strong message. I preached a consecrated message, and I was so disappointed that I could not get my people even to come to prayer meeting. Mm -hmm. And he said, an old man came to one of our services, and I was preaching. He's, afterwards, he said, I see you make a difference between relationship and fellowship. 
And Brother Kenyon said, I went back home and began to seek the Lord. And he said, I realized that most Christians today have relationship. And when he looked that up, it just simply means they're related. But he said, most Christians don't have fellowship with God. And we've had a church full of people in America that are related to God, but they don't fellowship with the Lord. And when they don't fellowship, they don't pray. They don't seek God on a daily basis because there's so many things. Brother, and you know, the thing is that they show up only when there's an inheritance. Yes. That only when there's an inheritance to, to be had is what we see so many times. Keep going. Amen. The only way uh, I, I'm related to people that I haven't seen in 30 years. I mean, even first cousins because they lived maybe on the West Coast or whatever. Um, unfortunately, I just had a first cousin die. Um, if you just show me a picture of her, I wouldn't know who she was. I'm related to her, but I did not fellowship with her. That's powerful. It's true. It's the same thing with true. believers today is we have a church full of people who are related to Christ, but they don't have any fellowship. <laughs> fellowship, the only way it works is if you have intimacy and common interests mm -hmm. and the only time you can produce fruit in a natural relationship between a man and a woman is when they have fellowship Christians today don't have the fruit of the spirit because they don't have any fellowship with God and so ministries leaving by the droves because they're frustrated in trying to produce a move of the Lord with a group of Christians in America that have not been hungry for God and so the Lord is resetting in this hour he is resetting the church and God is dealing with men and women and telling them I need you to begin to fellowship with me and relationship will not get you through the storm amen, amen. fellowship will now. get you through the storm and even goes back to the book of Genesis mm -hmm. where the scripture says that Adam fellowship with God that's why God made Adam the Garden of Eden was reflection of the holiest of holies in heaven. It's where the glory of God was, and it's where man fellowship with God. There were no demon spirits in that realm. Adam was a high priest, and he ministered to the Lord. As long as he had fellowship with God, he had no toil, no stress in his life. 100% yield from the ground. He did not have to work. God said, I've done all this for you before I created you so you can fellowship with me. So when he's in fellowship with God, he lacks for nothing. When he sins and breaks his relationship yes, with God, it. he breaks fellowship with God. And God removes him from the garden. Adam is still related to God. And God is still taking care of Adam. But no longer is there that abundance mm -hmm. from that moment out when he stepped out of relationship or fellowship with God. When he stepped out of it, the ground is cursed. His family goes to hell in a handbasket. Uh, he begins to die. And what the Lord is trying to do in this hour is to bring fellowship back into believers. You know, Brother Kent, you and I were, were, were talking a little bit before we started tonight, and, and this very thing, and we'll stay on this thought, because you and I were talking about so many people say, I, I just don't understand where God's at in my life. And, you know, as you and I were talking about that, the very thing that you're speaking to right now, this is not on God. No. This is on our side. Would you agree with that? 
Absolutely. And I think God in his mercy has done this. I would rather have all of my kids have to live in my house with me because we can't afford to have separate residence and have a presence of God where limbs are growing out and demons are being removed from people's lives Come and on, cancer is being taken care of. And uh, as God is resetting the church, I believe that when, when uh, I was preaching the other day to an empty building live stream and the Lord spoke to me, he said, the church, your congregation that's coming back will not be like the one that left. Agreed. And um, as, I, as I was thinking about that, uh, I believe that the Lord is bringing in people that are hungry for God. I also know this, that that. In 2018, or the last night of 2019 or 17, when God began to speak to me on New Year's Eve, the Lord warned the lukewarm. Mm -hmm. And he said, I am going to remove myself from you and my presence from you, and I am asking you to come back to me. In 2019, at that last night, God said, I withheld my judgment in 2018 out of mercy, but he said in the end of this 2019, his 20 starts, he said, I am no longer reaching to the lukewarm. And I am seeing God begin to dry up the blessing on a lot of people who were in love with the loaves and the fishes, but they weren't in love with Christ. Spot on. And so first thing that's going to happen is uh, God is going to raise up a church that's powerful. And I believe that it will be a movement that doesn't have labels. One of the problems is we label ourselves, we're talking about we're the Church of Christ, we're Assembly of God, we're Methodist, we're Baptist, we're Pentecostal, Charismatic, whatever. What God is doing, there won't be any labels. It's just wherever people are hungry for the Lord. But I can also tell you this prophetically, that this is not the end. This coronavirus that on, has baby. happened um, <laughs> is the beginning. I, I'm not Praise saying the that there's another virus coming. But I am telling you this, that God is going to bring this nation to her knees. And life as we know it is never coming back. The prosperity and the arrogance. And as God, uh, this, first, this first dealing is for the church. After God brings the church back, after we begin to gather back in America corporately and we're released by our, our government to have church again, and God begins to move, there's something else getting ready to happen in the earth. And when it happens, they're going to begin to come in by the droves. And so I think that what the Lord is doing, the Lord said this. He said, the harvest is already white. Come on, man. In other words, he said, mm -hmm. it's time to bring the harvest in. He never said, pray for the harvest. He said, pray for the laborers. He said, I need laborers. I think that this is about bringing the laborers into the field, that the harvest is getting ready come to come on, back in. Come on. And um, whatever God's up to, um, I have peace about it. Um, most of us have waited our whole lives, you know, we're not eating out, we're not going to the malls, uh, all of those things, theaters are closed. I don't really care about that. What I am hungry for is that when we come back together as a church, that there be such a move of God that 
we're not remembering anymore what happened in Azusa Street or Jonathan Edwards oh, in Wales Come on or the Oral Roberts movement or or A. a. Allen but that we have a vibrant move of the Lord. In the Old Testament, it says that um, because Israel had pulled away from God, that God let Samaria be besieged by the Assyrians. And it got so bad that it says that the people inside the city were um, selling dove's dung to eat. Dove is a type of the Holy Spirit. The dung just simply says this. There used to be a dove here. It's gone. And all we have left is something that's dead. Could it be that the church has been feeding on dove's dung because it's been such a long time since we had a flow of the Holy Ghost? And this thing about, well, we want to be controlled. Uh, we are coming into a vein where the Lord is going to have services that last six and seven hours that we won't even be We're conscious almost there anyway, time. church. Some of you know that. But anyway, keep it's going, coming. Kent, but yeah. it's not going to be uh, man-made. Uh, it's not going to be like, my God, when we're going to get out of here, we're going to lose track of time. And as, as that begins to happen, the manifested presence of the Lord, uh, you'll begin to hear that the presence of God is hitting the whole city. That people are driving by and, and they don't know why, but their cars are coming in the parking lot and they're coming in Praise and they're God. getting saved and, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Uh, we're also going to see a season uh, up in, at the end of 2024. We're going to see a change. I know mm -hmm. the Lord told me it's going to get really dark in this nation. But from now until then, the Lord says that there's going to be a, a, an opening and a freedom for the church to function. And as that begins to happen, the Lord said, I'm going to put a muzzle on the mouth of the media in this nation. Mm. And I'm also going to begin to deal with wicked men who are rebellious mm. in politics, who are trying to kill our nation and kill the move of God. And God said, I'm going to judge them, remove them from their positions. Uh, in this time, we're going to see Roe versus Wade reverse. We're going to see uh, abortions begin to, to decline because the Lord is beginning Believe to move. It. And so um, I think that there's also going to be a transfer of wealth that the Bible talks about of the, of the wicked or the sinner back to the righteous. Uh, I think that, um, that we're going to see buildings empty that are going to be sold for a little bit of nothing. Uh, I believe that uh, even though they're saying they're going to open theaters back up, I think the day of theaters is coming to an end. And I believe that theaters will become churches in many cities. And where, the, where those buildings have shown filth and perversion, now we'll begin to have screens that are showing the glory of God. And we're being filled Praise with the God. presence of the Praise Lord. Praise God. Um, Praise God. And so I, I'm encouraged at, at what the Lord's doing. Uh, this is a reset. This is something that God has done. No man can stop it, and no man can start it. This was something the Lord did. It's interesting that hardly anybody in America saw it, even in the church. It just happened. And so uh, I say uh, to God be the glory. Um, I'm at rest in it, and I believe God's going to take care of us. Praise God. And church, what he just spoke to right there is what... 
Uh, I know many of you have been talking about this too, and it, it goes back that God started it. And God, he has the power, just like uh, to the church at Philadelphia, he has the power to open a door. Yes, he does. That no man can shut. And yep. to shut the door that no man can open. When you were talking about the difference between relationship and fellowship, and uh, boy, that really began to just uh, impact. As I was praying yesterday, it had an impact. Amen. It quickened something that yesterday in my prayer time, uh, the Holy Spirit was just revealing this thought that coming out of this, and once again talking about Pentecost, where Passover birthed a nation mm -hmm. 3,500 years ago. Uh, Pentecost birthed the church. What you said, when you said reset, I think that the church is going to operate at a different level because of the freedom that it's going to have. And, and Brother Ken, I want to share this with you and also with the folks that in my prayer time, this thought is that just as with different snowstorms and different lockdowns, quote lockdowns that have been here in the past into this area, ice storms, but also other times when people were in a sense of being at home, when they come out of that, it was much like the baby boomers. I believe what's going to happen that, uh, I'm going to watch, I'll start squalling, that when we come back together, what you're going to see here is that during this time, that it has truly been a time of intimacy with the Holy Ghost. And just as Mary conceived of the Holy Ghost, uh, there's going to be a pregnation, if you will, and, and within people that there's a new birth that is coming. I believe through this time that when the world says lockdown, shut down, I believe this is an intimate time that the Lord is spending with his people, the ones that he's called. And just as Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary, I believe the Holy Spirit is overshadowing so many of you right now. And you are pregnant in your spirit. And there's going to be something. And even though it's a shorter gestation, God reminds you right now that it will be full. And there will be a fullness that will bring life back to the house. And what you have, the world has wants you to do. In open and in public, God said, no more. It's your intimacy. It's that secret place that you have with me. And I believe we're going to see something very different. You spoke to it. We talk about a new normal. I, I, I do not like the way that I hear different ones that stand behind podiums and different things and say, we're going to have a new normal. Can I tell you, my God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I declare that tonight. But I can tell you that they can have a new normal. Can't you and I and the body of Christ will have a new beginning, unlike anything that we've ever known or felt. But I know many people that are listening right now, you are so pregnant with his spirit. And you can't wait. And can I tell you, don't let anybody, listen, get people out of your waiting room that don't need to be in there. You don't need all those people in your waiting room because you're getting ready to give birth or something. Just the people that God selects and, and let your successor be in that room with you so that they can see truly what God is doing in you. And they know that it's going to be passed down to them. Brother Kent, if we could now, I really want you to speak. I'd like to shift gears a little bit here, too. And, and you add any thought that you can. And by the way, folks, I know many of you are putting your comments online. Please do that and encourage each other. I fully believe Brother Ken has never told me. He has never told me that he's a prophet. 
he's never said to me, and, and one good line that I've heard before, it, it, it's, it's a true line, is that a prophet shouldn't have to give you their title. Anybody that promotes their title doesn't have a towel. And in essence, you've never told me that, and yet it's by the fruit that we can see the way that God is using you and, and your precious family, even down there at the bridge, that uh, in the way that the bridge ministry is moving and working in every facet that God has between the prophetic realm and also the natural realm and just doing the simplest of things of feeding people, your heart for people. But Brother Kent, you, you've never said to me that you are a prophet. And that is the one thing, I think, that has drawn us even closer. Um, guys, it's one thing to respect a man, and we should. But it's never been the title that makes the man. It's the message that God places in the man. I've watched anointings on people through different seasons, and the anointing would come and go. God is looking for a habitation, a place to lay his head. And I believe, Brother Kent, that's what he's doing in the church, and he's using mighty men and women of God right now, much the way that he's reconnected us to see you bring that word. So as we shift gears... I'd like for you to be able to speak to the people tonight, and, and we're going to take a few prayer requests here in a few moments, but I'm going to let Brother Kent uh, just release uh, maybe a word to you, and we'll just, we'll just believe the Holy Spirit is just going to minister, if we uh, could. I think that um, in the Old Testament, it's called the prophetic calendar, and it's on the seven feasts, and the first one is Passover tied very closely with that is Feast of Unleavened Bread. Then a few days after that, it's the waving of the sheaves. First fruits. And then it's first fruits, and then it's Pentecost. Um, the, the three big feasts was Pentecost, um, Passover, and the Feast of Engathering, the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, obviously... I feel like we're, we're getting ready to celebrate Pentecost Come in on. a sense, again, a rebirth. Come on. But if we prophetically are sticking to the calendar of God, and this is why I think the Lord's pulling on people, pulling on the church, is because the next feast that comes after Pentecost mm. is the blowing of trumpets. And when you study the Feast of the Blowing of Trumpets, it always prophetically is tied to the catching away of the church. The, we call it the rapture, whatever you want to call it. I know there's a lot of different views in eschatology. But I personally believe that the rapture is a reward for the remnant. Come on, man. And I think that these next few years that we're going to see God do such a tremendous thing in this Pentecostal experience. It has to come back to a Pentecostal experience, the release of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And for those of you that don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you need it. You can go to heaven without it, but you need it to live triumphantly. It's, it's the absolute fulfillment. And so we're going to see that. But the Lord also says, I'm coming back in an hour when you think not. And the Lord's yeah, coming right. back for a church who's made herself ready. 
And so I believe that what God is doing right now is he's preparing his people for the catching away of the church. And once that happens, all hell's going to break loose in this world, and we don't want to be here. So I think we need to redeem the time. And I believe that God is making people hungry for him again. Yes, come on. He's also stripping people of some things in his mercy that have kept them from serving the Lord. Some, there are some people who are going to lose their business, will never have the prosperity that they had, but it will be the saving of their soul. Because they're coming back. They have time now for the presence of the Lord. And so I believe that um, part of, of suffering, suffering does two things. I can speak this in my own life. Suffering purifies. The fires of suffering purify people. It takes things out of you, but it also does this. It makes you malleable. In other words, when you want to shape something, you have to heat it. And when you heat it up in the fire, then you can begin to shape it. Yes. And God is trying to shape individuals into the image of Christ. And so uh, for those of you that are fearful, if you will reach out to the Lord, God will meet your need. I will supply all your need. And, And in this time, take time to begin to listen. Fellowship is intentional. Absolutely. And it takes time. When you first got married, you did not, you loved your spouse, but you did not know them like you know them now. That came through fellowship. And if you want to know Christ, it comes through fellowship. And so as God begins to sovereignly uh, move this nation and he's beginning to do things that we never thought would happen in a lifetime. Uh, at the age of 65 now, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. But I feel more about the sovereignty of God yes. than I ever have. Yes. And so uh, I don't, I think that we're coming back to full churches. I think we might even have to add services. And I also the believe Lord. there's going to be a release of the demonstration of the power of God in our that. services. I do believe that. I believe that God is going to save our children. I believe that oh, come God's going to set homosexuals free. They'll preach the gospel. I believe God is going to save people that were uh, the jewels of Satan's kingdom in films and save them, and we will sit them sit in the house of God. Uh, musicians are going to get saved by the power of the Lord. And so I, I want to say to you, be encouraged in God. This is what we've been waiting for. Hallelujah. Do not let the Hallelujah. devil... Do not let fear get in your life and begin to tell you, well, it's not going to get any better. Forget what the media says. The blood of the lamb is not tied to vaccine. And when you're a tither, your blessing is not tied to who you work for. It's tied to the word of God that cannot change. And so let God, let the peace of God tonight fill your house. Let the spirit of God come upon you. I bind every demon spirit that's trying to come in your homes today to ravish the children of the Lord and I command them to leave in the name of Jesus. Father, I loose hallelujah upon you right now in your living room or in your car wherever you're at. I loose the power of God. May God open your eyes to begin to see in the spirit that that which God has prepared for those that love him. We're going to be all right. Those that are in the kingdom, we are going to be all right.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I pray tonight that you receive that. I, I pray tonight that, uh, that God is ministering you right there where you are. Church tonight, what, what a wonderful uh, time that we've, we've had here tonight just to hear once again that prophetic voice and truly part of heaven's tone. Uh, Brother Ken, I'm so thankful. And I think the church knows here at Potter's, I think that you all know that uh, uh, we're going to be having you all back with us. Uh, we talked about this when you were here in January, you and your wife Candy, I think your daughter, we're going to come up and we're just going to call it a Sunday night throwdown. We're going to have us some camp meeting and uh, we're going to carry on. Potter's hope we love you. And tonight before, uh, before we let you go, uh, I want to encourage you in a few things, the very things that you've been praying for about people being healed, people are being healed, about making sure that people are being fed, people are being fed, all of those things, man, God is moving, and uh, we're going to be encouraged to see what he's going to do. I just want you to be encouraged and know that God is on the move. So tonight, we want to tell you that we love you, and we're going to close this out with prayer tonight with you. Brother Kent, thank you so much for speaking to their heart. Let's pray tonight, church. Heavenly Father, once again, as we come to you, so thankful for the power of your word tonight, and God, your man, being able to bring your word, God. I just pray tonight, God, that, that anyone that is there, just as he had already said, God, tonight, released in Jesus' name. The enemy has no power or authority over your life. God, tonight, to that one that is sitting there, and, and Father, there is lost as a blind goat in a hailstorm. Father, tonight, they may not be able to see with a spiritual eye, but they can hear this voice. Come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. And God, tonight, that first step that they're making, I just pray, God, you'd encourage them. Holy Ghost, go right now. Draw them to you, Lord. We declare your name tonight, Lord, and we speak life in the midst of death. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you tonight, church. We're so thankful that you were able to join with us. Uh, be joining in here. Got some good news. We were able to secure a bunch of vegetables from down south. Uh, we'll be giving those out next week, probably around Thursday, and I'll be putting that out there for you. So uh, God is going to provide. We love you. God bless you.